my message today, I've entitled, God Appreciates Your Appreciation. Amen. God appreciates our appreciation. We've learned in the last couple of weeks about uh, the way to thank God, the way to appreciate God, because he has done a lot for us. In fact, our love to God is to uh, it's a way of appreciating him for what he has done for us, for who he is. He's our father, he's our savior, he's our Lord, he's our provider, he's our peace, he's our joy, he's our love, he's our everything. And therefore, as we say thank you every day, we are saying, Lord, we love you and we thank you for dying for us. The only reason for this season is that uh, he died for us and therefore we are celebrating him and appreciating him for what he has done for us. Your life on earth as a Christian, as a believer, whatever you are doing is to show appreciation to God for what he has done for you. He has died, he died for you. God sent his son Jesus Christ to come to earth to die for our sins and because of that death, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. You are no more in darkness anymore. You are in light. You are no more in a life of hopelessness. You are in a life of hopefulness. And because of that, your worship is in a form of appreciation. But I've come to discover that our work on earth, whatever we are doing, our duty towards God, our commitment to God is to be in a form of appreciation to him. In your giving, your finances. In your giving, your life. In your giving, your time to him. You cannot pay him back. Amen. You are, you are, you are, you are not committing to him because of what you want him to give to you. Let me say something to you. Whatever you want from him has been already been given to you. And so whatever you do every day in your life is in a form of appreciation to God for his death, his resurrection, and his life that is given to you. In him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. And because of that which he has done for you, whatever you are doing, you are coming to church every day. You are going out to the people to visit them and to giving out to people, to giving, giving the church. Your, 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 everything that you are doing, singing the choir, being, being the ocean ministry, uh, uh, everything that you are doing should be in a form of appreciation to God. It's not for what you get from him. Because he has already finished the work for you. Say amen, somebody. And so we love him, and showing our love to him should be in a form of appreciation. And I'll tell you something, everybody deserves to be appreciated. In fact, God wants to be appreciated. Appreciation is very good. In fact, we should be, asked, we should be, we should be looking for appreciation. You deserve to be appreciated. In this life, whatever we are doing, even if you, are, you get paid for, you must be appreciated. In fact, uh, 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 it's in the Bible. And, 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 and it's somewhere, it's not just for men of God. Uh, I think in First Timothy, it talks about give honor to whom honor is due. When honor is withheld from whom it's due, it causes a lot of problems. 
If you are here on earth here, you are here, and you feel that you need to be honored or appreciated, and you, you, you are refused that appreciation, it causes a lot of hurt. Let me tell you three things that when honor is withheld, when appreciation is withheld, this is what happens. It causes a lot of grief. Hmm. It calls, it's called rejection. When one needs to be appreciated, when you need to be appreciated, and that appreciation is withheld, or somebody holds it back, or you hold it back to somebody, the person feels rejected. The same thing applies to you. Every one of you here. Secondly, it causes depression. <laughs> when you are refused appreciation, it can cause depression. It's also caused starvation for attention. Everybody wants to <laughs> wants an attention in a way. Everybody. In fact, husband must appreciate wives. Wife must appreciate husbands. Children must appreciate parents. Parents must appreciate children. Everybody must be appreciated. Somebody working in the choir, singing the choir must be appreciated. Somebody as an usher must be appreciated. Somebody in the welfare department must be appreciated. Everybody who is doing something for God, everybody who is doing something for you must be appreciated. And so when you refuse to appreciate somebody, it causes depression, it causes, uh, it causes a, a rejection, and also it's called starvation, it's called starvation of attention. There is nothing wrong to appreciate somebody. God wants us to do that. And so therefore, ingratitude is a, always a sign of weakness. If you refuse to show gratitude to somebody, you're showing a sign of weakness. When you show appreciation to somebody, it gives you strength. You are saying that you are not, you are not, um, um, you are not jealous. You understand? If somebody, you understand what I'm saying now? If, some, if, you, if, 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 you, if you withhold a blessing or a gratitude or, or appreciation from somebody, uh, you, you are actually showing weakness. And the greatest strength or the person who has the greatest strength is God. Because God appreciates us. God, appreci God does not need anything substantive, like anything substantial, no substance from him. All that he wants is that we appreciate him. And, and when you appreciate him by showing your love to him, by serving him, he feels appreciated. I'll tell you something, the blessings that he will appreciate you. It's very important. He wants, and he is the greatest, uh, 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 he has the greatest strength. He has no weakness because he's a God of appreciation. He says something in the scriptures. I think it's, it's in Matthew chapter 10 somewhere. He says, if you give a cup of cold water to a righteous person, you receive a righteous reward, person's reward. That means if you bless anybody, any child of God, God blesses you back. God appreciates you. Hallelujah. God shows appreciation to us because see, whatever blessing that somebody receives is from God. You cannot give it. But you see, when you show a blessing, if I show a blessing to my, if I show an appreciation to my brother and give to my brother, God gives back to me. God shows his appreciation to me for me appreciating that brother. So whatever you give to somebody is a form of appreciation to God. You're giving every day. It's a form of appreciation to God. 
So whenever you withhold you or you hold back your, your giving to him, whether it's time, whether it's your energy, <laughs> whether it's showing peace to somebody, whether it's showing love to somebody, you are after actually holding back appreciation, your appreciation to God. Amen. Because you cannot pay God back. All that you need to do is, Lord, I thank you for this life that I have. Lord, I thank you for giving me health. Lord, I thank you for giving me joy. Lord, I thank you for giving me a wife. Lord, I thank you for giving me a child. Lord, I thank you for giving me this health that I have right now every day. And so your giving every day is giving out of love, not what you get. Don't give because you want a million back. But you see, the first call, the first reason for giving to God whether it's finances, whether it's life, whether it's time, whether it's your energy, whether it's your availability, whether it's your commitment, your genuine commitment to him. It's a form of appreciation, but secondly also, it's also a seed that God will appreciate you back for. Anytime you give anything to God, you appreciate him for the first time. It must be out of love for him, for appreciating him. But it also serves as a seed. That is why I'm encouraged that your next year is going to be better than your this year. Hmm. Because you've done very well this year. You sow some seeds this year by giving your life, by giving your time, by serving the Lord, going round. So that seeds will not go unnoticed by God. Amen. You appreciated him for whatever you've done, uh, giving every Sunday, giving finances every Sunday. Let me tell you, those seeds that you planted every day genuinely will not go unnoticed. It's a form of appreciation, but also seed for tomorrow because God entrusts greatness and his riches to people that appreciate him. If you appreciate him with the little things, God will entrust a lot into your hands. And so we have to remember that. God loves his creation. He, the, the mountains, the plants, and you. God loves you. God loves the people out there in the world. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God loves his creation. God loves people out there. And God loves us. But let me tell you something, and I'll just read quickly from John chapter 16, quickly. John chapter 16, verse number 26, 27. He says, in that day you will ask in my name, John 16, 26, and 27. He says, in that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray that the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me. And have believed that I came forth from God. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. And so, first of all, God loves his creation. God loves everybody. But God has a deeper love and relationship for his people, for those who love him. Let's get it right. God loves every one of us. But I tell you, God loves people that are obedient to him, has a deeper, deeper relationship 
I will say deeper love for those who love him, we believers. And so he loves the world and he loves us as well, but he loves us deeper because of our relationship with him, because of the trust he can have with us, because of our obedience to him, because of our appreciation to him. His love for us is deeper. So anytime you commit your life, anytime you commit your obedience to God, anytime you walk closer to God, you are deepening your love for God and his love for you. It's not the same. Hallelujah. Oh, it's not the same. Hmm. He loves the sinner, but he loves you deeper because of your obedience. That is why God will bless you the more when you are walking obedience to him. God will bless you the more when you are committed to him. God will bless you the more when he sees that you appreciate that which he has given to you. If you appreciate this life he has given to you and you use this life to serve him, God will entrust you with health and to protect you so that he can use you even the more. Can I, can I have an amen? amen? That does not mean that God is, um, um, what do you call it? Um, 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 partial. Thank, thank you very much. He's not. He's not. Your yieldingness. And so let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 9, 16. Our life that we need to live now and forever, and especially in 2020, the life to go. It's about your life, total life, given to God on the altar of mercy, the altar of grace, and on the altar of sacrifice. As we continue to do that, we'll get to some realms that we have never been before. Are you with me? Our walk with him should be deeper than where we are right now, at the place we are right now, as we put ourselves totally to God continually. He's going to increase us, and he's going to increase you. Can I have an amen from somebody? Second Corinthians chapter 9, I read from verse number 6. And I'll go for the New King James Bible, and we're going to read a portion there, and then we'll follow on, and see the blessings that will come out of this lifestyle. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6 quickly. As you turn to this, say amen to your friend by your side right now. Your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your child, and your friend. Say amen to them. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. It says, by this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully i'm not talking about giving finances today no 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 no. i'm talking about a work of faith the lifestyle of 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 commitment to god a lifestyle of separation from the world from the world system to the system of god a lifestyle of real commitment to God totally for the coming year, for this year coming, we're not finished yet, it's finishing well time, <laughs> to next year and the year beyond that God is going to move supernaturally in your life. So here he says here, he says, if you sow sparingly, you reap also sparingly. 
if you, re- you sow bountifully, you also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse number 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I'll continue, but let me stay here quickly. Let's, number one, I want us to understand this, that God laid down a principle in life, that in this life is a matter of choice, that if you want to live an abundant life, if you want to live a fruitful life, if you want to live a productive life, then you, your life, whatever you are doing, whatever you are committing yourself to must be done wholeheartedly and even doing it even the more. It's a principle. Amen. That one, you cannot go away from. You see, sometimes we don't want to uh, read certain scriptures because all of us, in, like we turn over and we, we, we place them somewhere, but this is the truth. That, 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 that goes beyond just giving finances. If you want a fruitful life, an abundant life, then whatever you are doing must be done committedly to God. Amen. No, not, no half-heartedness. Don't do it like when you have the time. You see, some people, is, they, they, they worship God out of um, convenience. People, some people worship, say, not me, some people worship God out of convenience. And so you have relegated your time to God to the secondary. Hmm. And so whatever you are doing is just, it just, it just primary to you. But I want to say something to you. You, you. Some of us have not come to a place of understanding this very well. Your life that is out there working every day was given to you by God. Hello? And so therefore that life must be 24 hours dedicated to God. Amen. And so therefore, uh, he has given us a lot of, look at the time that we have for work. Look at the time that we have for eating, time we have for sleeping, time we have to we sit on the phone, and the time we spend, just spend, I would say, in fellowship with God. Are you, are you with me? And the fellowship is for growth, coming to church for two hours. Some people, it goes out five minutes, they just leave, they will not come back again. When it comes to work, they do overtime. <laughs> Wednesdays, they don't have the time for it. I'm telling you the truth. For us to go to the next level, some of us have been in this level for far too long. God wants to take you to the next level. And if you want to go to where you have never been before, you have to do something you have never done before. I'm saying something to you. That's why some people say, oh, I've been here for a long time. That's why you, when your growth, you've att- attached your growth to church. You say, I've been to this church for, for a long, long time. Nothing has happened to me. You have not moved up with the unction or the obedience or the instructions or the vision of your church. You have not moved on yourself. If you want to be where you have never been before, if you want to go to the next level that you want to go, that you have never been before, your commitment to that must change from where you are right now. Can I say it again? If you don't want to come back next year the same, and you say, oh, I've prayed and prayed, oh, I've walked and walked, oh, I've done everything, you have to upgrade your commitment to God. 
Because your same way, same way coming to, the, don't come into Wednesday service next year. Again, last year was the same. You never came. You're taking jobs now. You, you feel that coming to church alone is not enough. I can pray on my own. But people have that idea. But the Bible says we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves. It's not the same. Hallelujah. You can be watching television. You can be do that. But you should not forsake the assembling of the believers. There's a special grace, special anointing, special blessing when we meet up together. And it's not the same as watching television. Next year, your commitment should go up. So if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. When you commit, your commitment is sparing, your commitment is light, your commitment is weak. <laughs> you get weak back, you get things back like that back. But if your commitment is bountiful, if your giving is bountiful, if your giving of finances is bountiful, if your giving of your life, your energy, your time, your joy, your peace, your availability, everything bountifully, I can assure you, you also reap abundant life. So put your hands together, give God praise for that. And so he says here. The first point here, and, and, I, and I, let me read the scripture and say what it says. It says, verse number seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Again, this giving, don't tie it up to finances only. It says here, everyone purpose, purpose in your heart how much commitment you want to give to God. <laughs> how, how much you want to sow your life. Purpose in your heart, how much you want to give your time to God. Purpose in your heart, how much you want to give your joy to God. You know that, look, if you, if you, you can make yourself happy if you determine or you decide you'll do so. And you can also make yourself sad. You know, this Christmas, for example, some people determine that they will enjoy themselves. And so they tried as much as possible that there will not be quarrels at home. So they held back anything that usually would take them off. <laughs> Amen. Because they purpose in your heart that they will have an abundant joy during this Christmas. So anything that will make them angry or will make them angry before, no, 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 no. Because I purpose in my heart that I'll have an abundant time of rejoicing with my family. And look at where you are right now. You are so happy. That's how it is. Everybody purpose in your heart. So in your abundant life, wherever you want to go, your next level, your finances, you need to decide. But then before, he says, he gave you the option. If you give out little, you get little back. If you give up more, you get more back. But he says now, purpose in your heart how you want to give. And so you should, nobody should force you to give your time your life, your energy, your finances to God. Nobody, you should not be under any compulsion. I'll say it again. In this church, nobody will force you to give your time, your energy, but we will strongly encourage you. There's a difference. There's a difference. If I'm strongly encouraging you, am I forcing you? If I strongly encourage you, stay away from sin. Would you be upset? For if I strongly encourage you to give your finances, would you be upset? 
That's weak. <laughs> it's, called, it's called encouragement. So people, when you are strongly encouraging them, they feel that you are putting them under pressure. Why? It's a choice. Otherwise, nothing will be taught or preached or encouraged in this life. When they say, come and receive, not the energy. Come and receive, you run. Come and give, you retreat. It's the same. It's the way you think. The way you purpose in your heart. And he says, God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful is very interesting. In Greek, it's called hilarious. Hey, cut that. Giving their life is fun. They are willing and they are always ready to give their time, their energy, their resources. And God loves a hilarious giver. That's what he says here. God loves it. Let's look at it very well. God loves everybody. But God loves a cheerful giver. For me, that love there, second love here, that I show, is a deeper love. You sit in the church, and when it comes to giving, you are moody, as compared to somebody who is cheerful. This creature is related to the person who is cheerful, or not you who is moody. Hallelujah. It's ready to give. That they say, every time. He didn't say that one. Every time you clap your hands, pop, 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 because you are ready to give. And you determine in your heart that you want abundant life. So you've decided you give abundantly. Be quiet. You know, no wonder you see, most people in the church now has been tricked by all kinds of Philosophies and teachings and things on social media try to drive you away from your, 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 your growth and your abundance and your future and your prosperity. You tend to blame the devil for it. Because some of us have the, and not here in this Dominion Center, some, some, some of us actually, you see, nobody wants anything to be taken away from them. Nobody. You want to receive all the time. We have, we have this attitude and mentality of receiving. So that's what, come and receive. Everybody rushes. Come and give. Not in Dominion Center. People are rushing to give. Join the crowd. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. And so my number one point is this. God has a special place in his heart for hilarious givers. Write it down. God has a special place. God has a special place. God has a special place in his heart for you. In the coming year, as you are finishing well this year, everything that you do in this life, do it hilariously to God. Amen. And you see some growth in your life. Your service time you come to church must be hilarious. When it's time to come, you know, you see, your working in righteousness must be done hilariously. Evangelism is done hilariously. You come Amen. You're the, I like our carol service. I, I, it went down very well. I saw older people even coming, sitting down and then singing. 
I saw an 87-year-old 80, uh, Mama Bita dancing when we were singing carol service. It was wonderful. Giving, giving their lives committedly. That's no wonder this woman is getting older and younger all the day. I saw some older 80s and 70s around dancing and giving their lives to God and working for God. They were doing it hilariously, enjoying it. The weather was bad, but they were there. Never had an excuse for staying at home. Some of us who have an excuse. Small flu. What is flu to you? If you cannot come back, if flu can stop you from committing your life to the community, then, then may the Lord deliver you from flu. In Jesus' name. Put your hands together for that. Amen. So God has a special place in his heart for cheerful givers. Number two. In verse number 8 to 11, I read. He says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency, in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So the second point here is that God blesses the cheerful giver abundantly. Number one, there are lots of blessings here that I want us to look at here. Hallelujah. Number one, God loves a cheerful giver. God has a special place in his heart for, for those who give cheerfully, for who, those who give promptly, for those who give abundantly. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Sometimes we think what we call grace is just doing nothing. <laughs> grace. Oh, favor. Favor is not just to command and it comes on you. Your lifestyle must be lived for favor. It's not works. It's not works. It's your work of obedience. In fact, your work of obedience is not works. Well, it's by grace and not works. Yes. But it's obedience. Hallelujah. So if you're obedient to the Almighty God, God, uh, God let more grace abound towards you. Favor. So when favor is called upon, is called upon from a standpoint, from a viewpoint of obedience. Amen. If God just gives his grace to everybody anyhow, you see, your grace for salvation, you do not work for it. That's what he's talking about. Before you entered in, that grace, it was not by your work before you got saved. But when you got into his kingdom, when you got under his umbrella, your service to him, your commitment to him, your obedience to him, your work of faith to him, rewards you with grace continually. That is why God will appreciate your appreciation. Hallelujah. If you are giving joy out, you receive joy back in abundance. God will create favor for people to rejoice with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you're giving your finances out, God will create favor. More grace will abound towards you. When you are asking God, you also have a bargaining power. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
Look at your son. Faithful son to you. Father, you're not bragging. You go to him when you're asking. Lord, see me. Not that he has not seen you yet. You understand? Bargaining power for grace. And he says here, about told you that you always, so always, say always, say always, have all, not some, sufficiency. And here he's not talking about finances only. All sufficiency, your health, your family, everything that you do, all sufficiency will always, not sometimes, always, and all, not some, Say all. All is all. With God, all is all. All is all. Talking about joy, peace, love. Talking about health. Talking about good life. Talking about everything. All sufficiency. All sufficiency. All sufficiency. All sufficiency. And comes out of a cheerful giver who walks and gives abundantly. Say amen, somebody. You see, some of us will just, you see, that is why I say this, and people don't always hide behind the prayer queue. You have to walk by faith and obedience to him. You think that when you come and they lay hands on you, that's the only thing that you just, you blessed by that? No, yeah, maybe, but I'm not God. But I tell you, I know that when you walk in obedience to him, you don't have to be in the queue. Wherever you are, you can get your deliverance. Now, I'm not saying that when they call, don't come. Come. But I tell you something, don't hide behind the key. You do whatever you like, whatever you want, however you do it. You understand? And then when it comes so that you have a need, you are on the prayer queue so that you know that, ah, this man of God, when he prays for you, something will happen. Ah, this man of God himself is struggling and believing God like you. If he's not in obedience, his prayers are hindered. And you don't know whether he's walking in obedience or not. Say mercy. <laughs> Everybody lays hands on you anyhow. This guy is not walking in obedience. And he says, maybe he's not treating his wife properly. And he says, your prayers are hindered. And that this person is laying hands on you because you think he has got a gift. You think God is foolish? He's merciful. But God does not want, you see, anybody who lays hands on you and has not got the right spirit in them has imparted wrong spirit in your life. At least you know your pastors. Somebody will just lay hands on you. Hey, I've heard the man of God. Hey, do you know? You know the blood that he has shed. Beside the blood of Jesus Christ that he did not share himself. That he has gone to consult. And he's laying hands on you because you need a, you need a, a husband or wife or a baby. May the Lord deliver us. Now I'm not saying good ministers and good prophets and apostles are not around. They are there. But hmm, prove our spirit. But if I were you, I would walk with God obediently. That when I have a need, I go to him directly. Amen. We are not in the Old Testament. Now, 
he says, and I'll finish very soon. He says, all and always. All and always. When God is blessing you, it's all and always. He does not hold anything back. Say all and always. Say all and always. And so all your challenges, God can deal with them. And not just certain times, but all the time. Amen. That's a blessing that comes from a cheerful, hilarious giver. And he says here, for uh, 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 in, all, uh, in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. What a lifestyle like this. Well, my lifestyle is overflowing with abundance that every good thing that I touch, anything that I touch, well, must be blessed. Anything that I do, my hands are with the blessings of the Lord. God blesses an abundant, hilarious giver. Hallelujah. Amen. And then quickly, just verse number 10. Okay? Verse number 10. Let's look at, he says, uh, number nine. And as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. So here, there is, there's that relationship now between the giver of the, the appreciation or the blessing and the receiver. And so the poor who has been given to is blessed. And the giver of that is also, the giver, giver to, the, to the poor is also blessed. Righteousness. You are blessed with righteousness. What you need is God's right standing. And with righteousness comes all the blessings. Comes prosperity. Comes good health. Long life. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, uh, and so as it's dispersed. So God gives us his righteousness. When we give to the poor. Amen. Hallelujah. So you are blessed. Say I'm blessed. Let this year, this finishing hard year, uh, finishing well, it's just two days you finish, and then go to 2020. I, I, I am of a firm hope and believe that your life will never be the same way as it came in. As you come every day, as you come to Dominion Center, as you walk here on earth, as you live your life under this commission, as you live your life as a believer, as, as, uh, under this kingdom, your life is going to be totally blessed. C. Let's go to point C. So God, first of all, loves a cheerful giver. Number two, God blesses the cheerful giver abundantly. And, and C, God is glorified by the cheerful giver. Let's look at verse number 11. Where your giving, your giving is, is, it glorifies God. Now I'll read from verse number 10. He says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for good, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God is the supplier of the seed and is also the supplier of the bread. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell people that the seed that you plant every day was given to you by God. And, and, and if you know that it comes from God, when it's, it's time for you to plant seed, you ask him, he'll give it to you. 
Do not go anywhere. Do not come to God's presence without a seed. Do not go out there without a seed. Giving to somebody is a seed. Blessing the poor is a seed. Giving to God's, God's kingdom is a seed. Everything that you do is a seed. Our life is by planting and also reaping. It is by sowing and also reaping. That's how your life cycle is. That's the life that you live. Anything that you do is a seed. Good or bad is a seed. If you sow wickedness, it's a seed. You get wickedness back. If you sow goodness, it's a seed. You get goodness back. Your lifestyle <laughs> is a lifestyle of sowing and reaping. It's a cycle. You go around. So in your walk with God, you so God is the supplier of the seed and will supply every seed to you. Uh, weeks ago, a month ago, I said to people that uh, giving a pound a day, it's not, it should not be difficult for you at all. Because God can give you that seed to do it. People were sitting down there looking at me. People that I thought would get up were still sitting. I said, look, this one is by faith. God says he will supply every seed. If you know that he will supply the seed and he's calling for that seed, that means he's ready to bless you. To give you that seed so that you give it to him, so that he gives you the fruits, the bread, so that in the bread, so, so whenever you're holding a seed, you are holding, you are holding a tree. And, and the tree, you are holding, there's a fruit there. And the fruit, there's a seed. And the seed is a plant. And, 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 and the plant is a fruit. And, and, and the plant has got branches. And the branch has got the fruit. So whenever you're holding a seed, you are holding, somebody said, you're holding a forest. If it's an orange, you're holding an orchard. Lifestyle. God. Trust him. He'll give you the seed. Everyone of us here has a seed to give to God anytime. You have joy, you have peace, you have love. It's a seed. You are you appreciating giving to people, appreciating the poor, giving to the poor, you are appreciating God, giving to the church, you are appreciating God, giving to the society, you are appreciating God. If you are reaching out to the community, you are appreciating God. If you are using your time in the church, you are appreciating God. Whatever you are doing, that is why if you are not doing anything in the church, you are not doing anything for God. You are not planting seeds. You are not appreciating God. If, if, if all that you have is that you come and you say the fruit of your lips, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, you go home. There is something that must give out. How do you give love to your wife? You wake up in the morning and say, wife, I love you. And you get up, you go. No, no, I'm asking a question. How do you give love to somebody? It's just, just by words of the mouth? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Then you, if, 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 you are, if you're a wife and your husband gets up every morning and tells you that he loves you and he goes away, he doesn't pay the rent, he doesn't give you any money. In Africa, they call it chop money. Don't, don't give you any resources. Don't give you anything. <laughs> don't give you seed. And some of us, all that we do is just a case. Mm. Would that case be enough? The case is a seed, somebody says. <laughs> One day you're going to get up and say, do you really love me? <laughs> it's the type of case that you give those. Eh? But that's not The point I'm trying to make is that when you love somebody, it's not just words. It's by deeds. Yes. 
So if you love Pastor Sam, now Pastor Sam, we love you. That is okay for, for, some, for some time. But not for me, for anyone, it's not enough. Your, your love is, do you, do you defend me? Do you give to me? No, I'm not attracted attention. I'm telling you something. I'm using my as an example. Do you give to me? Do you look for my welfare? Do you think good of me? Do you try to give to me? So what do you do? Or you hold back? When you think of Pastor Sam that you love, that you say you love, what do you think of? What do you think of doing? When you think of your wife that you say you love, what do you think of your wife or your husband? Oh, I've forgotten. Your husband as well. You give, not just words. You don't know how much I love you. Is that how much you love me? I want to see how much you love me. Are you with me? So also applies to you. So God actually gives seeds to us. And the seeds must be made bread. And he also makes the bread to us. The seed that you have will help you to plant the seed. He will help you to water the seed. He will help that seed to grow. He will help that seed to have fruit in there. And the fruit belongs to him again. Was given by him. You eat the fruit. And the fruit in that fruit is a seed that you have to plant every day. Again. And so therefore your lifestyle, he gives you a seed and the fruit comes. And in that fruit, there's a seed you have to plant. To keep the cycle going. That is a blessing from God. That glorifies God. And because of that, you glorify God because he gives you this. Now, verse number 11 actually says, it says, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So whilst you are enriched with all these blessings in everything for all liberality, it causes God to be glorified. People who see you that before you were so stingy. Now you are in Christ Jesus. You have been supplied with. God is blessing you. Now you are given. Hey, look at Mr. White. Ah, I knew Mr. White. Mr. White was so wicked. Now Mr. White has gone to his community in, 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 in Egypt. Now he's building homes for the poor. Ah, Father, hey, they, oh, it must be God. When people see your life of giving, they'll give glory to God. When people see the charities you're supporting, they'll give glory to God. When your life is enriched by your giving, they give glory to God. Amen. Because he alone deserves the praise. And so God will, God will glorify his name by blessing you, by appreciating you more when you appreciate him by giving every day. And the fourth one, D, is this. God will answer prayers that are offered on behalf of the cheerful giver. I've been to places where some people hear about Dominion Center. I went to Ghana, my home country, my original home country. And uh, somebody must have heard about Dominion Center and said, wow. I came to London and I heard about your church. I came and I saw the church. I said, my goodness, this must be God. And I, for that time, I started praying for you. 
Because whatever you have is so magnitude that I have to pray and I get you prayer and thank God for your life. When we got this building, I was standing in front of the church there one day, minding my own business. I think it was evangelism time. I was in my jeans. And I was standing there waiting for uh, us to be going out. Somebody walked in there, asked, he said, well, is that the church? He said, yes. And then he said, can I see it? The person walked in. The person actually was a pastor. Walked into the church, looked at it, and came back and said, who's the pastor? And then I was standing there, just looking around and all that. They were talking to somebody else. And so he turned around and the pastor said, the pastor, the person pointed. The pastor's not there. So I turned around, hey, are you the pastor? Please pray for me. I thank God. I thank God for your life. Pray for me so that I can get it. I said, look, you have no idea for me for about five years now. My, I've never been to get my head around this miracle. You think it's me. It's just by God. And he was thanking God for me. What a blessing. So whenever you are giving, whenever you support God's work, hallelujah. I tell you something. People pray for you. People thank God for your life. When you're giving to the poor, when you're giving to the service of the church, when we are buying this property, people give bountifully. They give bountifully. People sold their houses. Let me tell you, the people are thanking God every day. And God answers the prayers of these people that have been giving to God. And so therefore, when you give, who is the winner? You. And I will say God, of course, but you. Whenever you are asked to give anything, whether your time, your energy, whenever you do it even voluntarily when nobody is seeing you, whenever you are giving to God, remember, whenever you are giving anything to the church, you are not giving it to the pastor. Some people think, oh, the pastor. No, listen, people may think like that. But you are grown enough to think differently. Whenever you are giving to your church, remember you are, there's a head of the church and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Think of it that way. Some people have abused churches and abused members of the churches, but not in Dominion Center. I said not in Dominion Center. Listen, this church here, whatever you do, you're giving your finances, your life, your energy. Everything is accounted for. And remember, whatever you are doing, you are giving it to God. And whatever you are doing must be an appreciation to God. And as you keep on appreciating God in your service to Him, in your lifestyle, your energy, your everything that you have to God, God will always appreciate you by giving you the more. So your life will become like a pipe where God will pass through his blessings all the time. And when water passes through a pipe, the pipe fills the water. So as God passes his blessings to you, through you, you also be blessed abundantly every day. May the coming year, may the coming 2020 be a year of revealing Jesus every day in your life. In fact, that's the theme for next year. Revealing Jesus. <laughs>